my wife, Jacinda, who you met just now, she sent me an article this week. And um, I, it's always, I always feel very nervous when I get an article that my wife sends me because you're wondering, is there some message in here that I'm supposed to get? And if I don't get it, I'm going to be in trouble. So I read this article very carefully. But the article was called The Scientific Reason You Should Always Have a Holiday Planned. How about that? And it said, the article said that this, this post-holiday glow, have you heard about the post-holiday glow? They're saying, the article's saying that they think it might be a myth. It might not be a thing after all. And there was a big study that was done by some Dutch researchers was, and done to find out how happiness was linked to vacations. And what they find, found was that we get most of our happiness from anticipating a holiday and not the holiday itself. So today could be your peak happiness <laughs> for the next few weeks. But what, well, I don't know how much to put in these articles, but what it tells us is that hope is good for the soul. Hope is good for the soul. And today's the second of our two messages on hope. And you know, we sang the, the Christmas carol earlier, uh, O Night Divine. And it says, At the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And I know that many of us can relate to that phrase, a weary world, especially at this time of the year after a year of maybe a year of work challenges or a year of study, a year of health stuff that's been difficult. Maybe there's been some things that have been weighing on you emotionally. You know, maybe there's financial squeezes. Just You can kind of relate to this, this thing of a weary world. But do we know the thrill of hope at Christmas? Out of which rejoicing flows. And if not, then hopefully this morning will be a message that plants something of that in your hearts as we head into uh, this, this Christmas time, so, because we're going to be looking at finding hope again today. Sound good? All right, let's pray. God, we just again welcome your presence here, your empowering presence, your presence that, that touches hearts, changes lives, your presence that brings peace, your presence that brings hope, God. And we pray that fresh hope in a weary world, God, would come from you this morning because you're with us, that you're for us, and you're the God of hope. Amen. All right, a lot of people, you know, they have a pretty low opinion about hope. They think it's, oh, it's just, just wishful thinking, it's just deciding to think positively. It's just blind optimism. It doesn't really change anything. And uh, I read this great definition of hope in the dictionary. I didn't actually, it was online. But uh, the Cambridge English Dictionary says this, that hope is to want something to happen or to be true and usually have a good reason to think that it might. Having a good reason to think that it might. So hope is not just blindly expecting every positive thing just to, to fall into your lap. or Hope's not just 
an expectation that all your problems will just magically avoid you, bump into everyone else, but avoid you. Hope has a good reason to think that what you want will happen. So healthy hope, it weighs up the situation, recognizes that there's a possibility that the thing that we want to happen won't happen, but hope leans into this, 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 is, this is probably going to happen, as opposed to leaning into like, ah, oh, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And, you know, we, we need hope. I was, like, reading some very geeky things uh, this week about hope. Psychology Today. How many people read that one regularly? I think someone put their hand up. Uh, be careful when you're talking to them. They'll be looking you in the eyes. They'll be working you out. So. But Psychology Today, December 2011, had an article about hope. And it said this. says, hope often gets a bad rap. For some, it conjures up images of a blissfully naive chump pushing up against a wall with a big smile. That's a shame. Cutting-edge science shows that hope, at least as defined by psychologists, matters a lot. Some more reading I was doing, and after 20 years of scientific research conducted by uh, a psychologist, um, Martin Seligman, They conclude that hope, it reduces feelings of helplessness, boosts happiness, reduces stress, improves our quality of life, improves our mental health. I I could have written down, like the things that they said that hope gives you, I was finding just so many things. It was just a list. I thought I could just kind of stick to some of the big ones here. Um, There's an article in the Scientific American, which I actually do quite enjoy reading the Scientific American. Um, In August 2015, uh, and the article was... Which character strengths are most predictive of well-being? I know it's a bit kind of science geeky, but what character strengths are most predictive of well-being? And what they came, they found that the top character strength that correlated with well-being was hope. Hope allows us to keep moving forward in the midst of challenge. It's one of the big things with hope. It allows us just to keep moving forward in the midst of challenge because it's looking at the expectation that something's going to change. I mean, um, I know that for many people have ongoing health challenges and um, in the midst of that, I know that there will be seasons where there is more hope and there will be seasons where there's less hope. Uh, A friend of mine... uh, about 12 years ago now, he's a pastor, one of the pastors at the Anaheim Vineyard Church in California. And I just caught up with him a couple of months ago. Actually, he was so good. But uh, about 12 years ago, I mean, this is, this is Mr. Active, Mr. Do Anything. Uh, he was at one of the beaches in California and just at the end of the, uh, the time with family and friends there, just thought I'm going to go for one last swim. Has anyone ever run down the beach and just dived into the water? He dived into what he thought was water and landed on a sandbar that was no water and uh, broke his neck. And uh, lucky he didn't drown right then and there because instantly he lost everything from kind of here down. Uh, And so friends just happened to see like, you know, gosh, he's looking a bit, you know, face down in the water, went down, dragged him out and didn't drown. Um, but he, there was just nothing there. 
So there's a couple of pictures of hope that unfolded in the next while out of that. Um, his, uh, his prognosis was that there was a, a snap, like a breakage of a nerve column, a nerve thing, uh, and, and that you can't just stitch those together. That's, that's, that's done. So he was very loved by his church. And they were a church that had the hope of a miracle. And they got to praying. Big church, they got to praying. Anyway, over the next uh, few weeks, what happened was that 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 nerve thing fused back together. So out of the, the hope of that church that a miracle would happen, they, they got to praying and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for this guy and, and a miracle happened, that there was this fusing together of this nerve thing. And you know, but, but you know what? He still, he still was unable to do anything. The nerves had fused together, but his body had forgotten how to, how to do everything. So the second story of hope was Jamie's story. I should probably put it up there. You've got a photo of him there. So, um, Second story of hope was that the people, the experts uh, that were treating him said, like, this is unbelievable that this has happened. He says, I says you now have the... Uh, potential to be able to get the use of everything back again. But it's not just going to happen. You're going to have to do some work. And so Jamie then stepped into a place of hope that if I work and work and work and work, then I'm going to get my life back. And if you're at all interested in seeing his story, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, there's a video on YouTube that if you Google that name there, and then there's a YouTube video called Jamie's Recovery. So Jamie now, you know, he's, he's walking around. He's, he's um, very little that he can't do. He still walks a little bit funny, then a little bit, little bit funny, a little bit odd compared to what he used to. He's still got a little bit of a, kind of a couple of kinks in his, in his hands and things from just um, things not quite working as well. But he can pick up his kids. He... He goes out, um, you know, his kids have all got motorbikes and he goes out, he's got like a quad bike now because his balance is still a bit off, but he's out quad biking with his kids. It's just a remarkable story. But, but Jamie pressed forward in his rehab because of hope, because he just had a, had a this, this might change. This might change and I'm going to do everything I can to see if this has changed. And that's the power of hope. It allows you to keep going. His um, medical person, you know, an expert in his field, has treated um, over 200 people uh, with the, the same injury that Jamie has. And uh, the, the second, Jamie's the best recovery. The second best is that someone has... Um, you know, receives very small amounts of uh, movement back into their arms and arms and legs. It's um, it's quite the story. So especially when you watch that, um, watch this video of him his treatment over eight months. Bring make sure you get your tissues. It's uh, it's remarkable. 
But hope, that's what hope does. Hope gives us strength and courage to pray. It gives us strength and courage to to keep stepping forward when things are hard. I know that's a, a very dramatic story, and I'm just, just so grateful that, that he's doing well. Um, but even in, like in your studies, like I know that one of our, um, our young adults at, at, as, a, as a uni student in their first year, they failed a couple of papers, and you had to pass those papers to get your degree. And it was like this, these things that these papers were about were completely... Um, difficult for them and their wiring and their, and their makeup. And they're thinking, like, this is, is this possible? Without hope, you go, no, and you quit. Well, that person said, I'm going I'm to figure this out. And hope allows you to keep at it, keep studying, and they've got their degree now. Hope gives us strength. It keeps us moving forward. And the opposite of hope is despair. And despair is brutal on the soul. Despair immobilizes you. It just causes you to stop and you go nowhere. So last week, Jacinda spoke about hope. And I was just enjoying afterwards watching people come and talk to her. And there was prayers and there was tears and there was hugs. And... And what I heard was that, that many people were encouraged by, by her message. And the word encourage means to give courage. You encourage someone, you give them courage. You give them courage to keep doing the things that need to be done today. I'm looking around, I can see a number of you that have got stories of pushing forward in the midst of very, very challenging circumstances. And, and it comes out of that place of hope. So what is the hope that Christians have? What is the hope that Christians have? The Bible's got a lot to say about hope. It's, the word hope is mentioned about 180 times in the Bible. It talks a lot about hope. So the, the Jewish people before the time of Jesus, they had their, their scriptures, what we now call the Old Testament. And in many places, the Old Testament's prophets said there is going to be a Messiah, which is, means saviour, which means rescuer. There is going to be a rescuer that is going to come. And 2,000 years ago, in the time when Jesus was born, the Jewish people were um, under the rule of a pretty uh, oppressive Roman regime. They had conquered you know, the, most of the known world, the Roman Empire, and they maintained order. They, uh, there's a phrase that talks about the time of the Roman Empire. It's called the Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome. But they, they kept the peace <laughs> by just like any sniff of anyone rebelling against them, just brutally um, dealt with. And that's, that's why um, they crucified people. Crucified, you know, the, they would kill people by nailing them to a, to a tree, to a cross. Because they wanted publicly to let people know, if you get in the way of our rule in your country, 
this is what happens. So you've got this, this people that are longing for a rescuer to be freed from this oppression of, uh, of a, another nation that is um, telling them how to live and what to do. And into this, Jesus was born. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, miracle, born to the Virgin Mary in humble surroundings in Bethlehem in Israel. And at his birth, a few people got let in to the, to the news. This is the one. This is the, this is the rescuer. This is the one. There was his family. There was angels visited them and, and let them know. There was, um, there was a, a bunch of minimum wage sheep looker-afterers got in on it. There was some new age foreigners, you know, the, the wise men, the magi. They somehow got in on it. There was some prophets, they got in on it, that a king was born. And the, and the hope of those that got in on it, which became more and more as Jesus um, grew and, into a man and began his ministry, more and more people got in on this thing that this, a, king is, a king is here. This king was born on Christmas Day. A king was born. And the hope was that this is the guy that's going to rescue us from these Romans. Not Asterix. Jesus. The Savior, the Messiah, the Rescuer. But the thing is, is that he, he is the Rescuer. He is the Savior. But it turned out very differently to what people were expecting. He didn't come to drive one nation out from another nation. To liberate that nation. He came to liberate everyone. We sang about it this morning. About, about freedom, liberation, freedom from the slavery of sin. Freedom from guilt through the offering of forgiveness of our sins. Freedom from death and despair. And not just for the righteous, but for everyone. Not just for the wealthy and the well, but for the poor and the sick. Not just the strong and the bold, but the weak and the timid. It's for everyone. Not just the Jews, but for everyone. And not just for the people in Jesus' day, but for everyone ever since. So what does that mean for us? Now, what is this Christian hope? That, what does it mean for us? What is this thrill of hope that we sang about earlier? Why does a weary world rejoice? The hope that we have as Christians for us is that we have the hope of rescue. We have the hope of rescue. Rescued in this life, and rescued in the life to come. This is, I read a, a, um, a quote from a guy, uh, a physicist, Jonathan Feng, uh, because he was responding in, in this um, thing that he wrote to people that were going like, how can you possibly believe in Christmas? Like virgin birth, and like, come on. And just this one thing here he says, at one level the miraculous conception of a human baby is but a drop in the ocean. What's incredible about the incarnation is not so much that a virgin conceived, remarkable though that might be, but that God became man. What is truly amazing about the Christian faith is the idea that God made the universe from quarks to galaxies, 
but at the same time cared enough about us to be born as a human being, to come down, to die, and be crucified in the person of Jesus, and to bring forgiveness and new life to broken people. That's the Christian hope. We have this hope of being saved from ourselves. You really? Like, I think it, if you stop and look at yourself apart from God, you, do, you, you come to the place where you realize that I do need to be saved from myself. And through Jesus, like God forgives us, sets us free from the law of sin, gives us his Holy Spirit that, that transforms us day by day, year by year, to become more like God. New life to a broken people. A clean slate and a fresh start. And I know that this is, this is my story. 35 years ago, I know, like, you're probably looking at me thinking, he doesn't even look like he's 35. But, like, 35, 35 years ago, when I gave... I gave my all to Jesus. And, and that was it. I said, like, I can see that if I'm left to my own devices, to, to run my life my own selfish way, it's going to end, end in tears. So God, I trust you. I step into a life of putting my hope in you and my life in your hands every day and in every way. And there's this prayer that the, uh, the psalmist prayed, and it's been one of my prayers as well, Psalm 25.5, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. We get rescued from ourselves so that he can lead us into the fullness of life. And that is the promise for those that step into a life in God. And Jesus called us to that. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Christian hope is also in God changing our circumstances. Day by day, hope that God will hear our prayers and hope that a miracle will happen. And I know that there's frustration along the way. And we won't get into the, the whole theology of miracles and suffering. But our scriptures and our theology makes, allows for both of those things. But we can step forward in the hope that, God, would you do something? In the midst of diff difficult times, God... And it's not just a hope of a changed situation, but it's a hope of us becoming people with more beauty in us as we go through the journey. And we draw the hope from the stories of those around us. Like, can I just encourage you, next time you're at a, at a party or whatever or hanging out with friends, just, just throw out that question of like, you know, tell me some of the things that God's done for you in your life and just you will be encouraged and your hope will, be, will rise. As a... Um, a family in our church, and I'm probably going to embarrass them a little bit by, um, or maybe not, but um, the, um, I think they're here, I think I saw them just before. So the, the Alexanders came from South Africa about two or three years ago, and because they, they left, and they felt like God spoke to them, it took them ages to get to the place where they um, uh, 
felt strongly that God was speaking to them. They took their time, they used wisdom, they talked to their pastor, they talked to their friends, they prayed, and they got the strong sense that God was uh, leading them to, uh, to move to, to New Zealand. And there's part of you that has an expectation that when that happens, that if, you know, when, when God guides, God provides. And so they moved out here, but uh, it's been a tough, tough journey. But just in the midst of it, always they were just holding on to this hope of this, this you know, where God spoke to them and said, this is where you're meant to be. And it's been, it's been, it's been stressful, very stressful at times and put pressure on you know, the family and on finances and you know, visa applications and, and just, just a hard, hard thing. And, and things are coming, coming good. But in the midst of it, there was always just a sense of like, just there is hope, there is hope. There's hope that things are going to turn around because God is good and God is with us. And those are the sort of stories that you hear when you sit around the table and say, tell me about the stories, that God, things that God's done for you. And the other hope that we have as Christians is this hope of the defeat of death. Now you go to funerals sometimes of people that have no framework for, of, of faith and, and it's, it's, it can be quite awkward. Because they're saying things like, you know, they'll go up to the coffin and we'll go, we'll see you later. And they've got no real framework for, it's just sort of, they just have this, even in that, in the midst of that, they have no idea, but there's just, they just want to have some kind of hope. But as Christians, we, we, we know the hope. Jesus was resurrected. And I know a lot of people say like, oh, I, I I don't know about that. I said, like, look into it. One of the most historically verifiable things of that time that he was raised from the dead. He came back to life. Gives us hope in our own life after this life. There's this chapter in um, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul the Apostle was talking to the church about how just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too can have confidence in living forever. A resurrection from the dead, eternal life with God. Death has lost its thing. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And I know this is a lot of hope. This is a lot of hope, but this is our hope. This is our hope. And if you're here this morning and you're just exploring faith and you're trying to work out what this whole thing's all about. This is our hope. This is our hope as, as the people of God, as those who have chosen to follow Jesus. This is our hope. It's real hope. And, and if you think, you're like, can we really have this hope for ourselves? Yes. Yes. When we read the scriptures, and I know that some of you, like you faithfully and regularly, you know, read your, your Bible and it's, it's, it's life-giving. I know it is for me. Um, but if you read through the scriptures and we see that, yes, this is for us. These, these things that we hope for, the hope of being rescued from ourselves, the hope of change in who we are and who we're becoming, the hope that God will break into our everyday circumstances, the hope for life after this life. Yes, this is for us. But, and it, even if you're, if you're a bit skeptical about the Bible and you're like, oh, you know, I don't, just, don't want to just believe it just because Matt says so, 
just look at the story of people over the last 2,000 years. This is Philip Yancey. He's an author. Many of you uh, possibly know of him. And uh, there was an article that uh, he wrote for the Washington Post uh, just last year, at Christmas time just last year. And in it he says this, The birth of Jesus attracted little notice in his day, yet he ended up changing the world more than anyone in history. Today the world lurches along under a cloud of fear and division. And yet the good news continues to transform lives, leaving in its wake joyful evidence of compassion, healing, justice, freedom, scholarship, beauty, and quiet service. You just need to look around and you can just see the... Just, it's almost like the wake of, that, of the, the Holy Spirit that it leaves behind in the world. You can just see that it's just, just everywhere. So yes, this is not a... This is not a hope that has no expectation that it will happen. It's not just a, a, a blind hope. It's a real hope. And if you want to become a person that has more hope, I know I sure do, I'm just going to give you like three things I'm going to throw out there that you might want to just jot down or you might want to take into this, this season. This Christmas season, and and what, one is, it's important to remove your hope from things that are vain hope. Here's a verse that's going to be you want to hold on to strongly. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. So for those of you that putting all of your eggs in the basket of like my horse is going to sort me out it's a vain hope but what is your horse everyone's you know everyone has the potential of having a horse that is where they put their hope but things that we hope in that are a vain hope are things that are temporary things that can't save us despite all their great strength, money, a career, great insurance, you know, lots of friends, a great gym bod, you know. Take your hope away from things that are vain hope. Second thing that I would like to throw out there for you as you're looking at becoming more of a person of hope is that remember that our troubles are temporary and fleeting. Second Corinthians, again, this is Paul, just the church in Corinth, they just needed so much encouragement on so many things. And Paul, you know, wrote you know, the second letter to them and he says to them, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So no matter what life dishes up, and it does dish up stuff, that's for sure. Our hope is in the eternal, not the temporary. And I, I know that there's, there's some people here that have been through some, some crud in life, like some real crud in life, like some back-to-back kind of, kind of crud in life. And their story, their stories can make you weep. 
But many of them too have the story of pressing forward in the midst of the, of the challenges. Because they press forward in hope and they arrive at a good place. And if you want to get some encouragement about people that um, pursue hope in the midst of tough times, um, Annalise Phipps gave a message on hope uh, in, I think, April last year. Yeah, April last year. And it's on our website. And leading up to me doing this message on hope, the first place I went to was to listen to her message again. Because she gave that message on the back of a year of heartbreak on a number of fronts. And yet you come away listening to that, just full of like, God is good. You know, it's just good. So remember that our troubles are temporary and fleeting. And just one other thing too, just to throw out there, is just to remember that you've been rescued. Gets me every time. Remember that you've been rescued. I know that when I was a, a kid growing up in church and um, used to hear about these things like the, you know, the, the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and funny little verses like that. But First uh, Thessalonians five eight again, Paul says that since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And there's this thing that the hope of salvation, like what's a helmet for? Protect your head. There's something about hope that protects us, protects our, 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 our head, protects our thoughts. It's, it protects us from despair. Remembering the hope of our salvation is good for us. It protects us. protects us from the things that can cause us to give up. So remembering that we've been rescued is just so, so important. And Paul, the apostle, and he, again, he was, wrote letters to lots of churches, this time the one in, in Ephesus. In Ephesians 1, 18, he writes down the prayer that he has for the church in Ephesus. And this is part of his prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you'd see, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He said, you know, I pray that you'll just keep remembering that you've been rescued because it's good for you. It's good for you. So remember that you've been rescued. Christmas, it's, it's, a, it's a funny time of the year, isn't it? it you know, it's... it's there's times in your life when, if you drew a graph of your life in terms of how much you enjoy Christmas, there's a pretty, there's a big peak around sort of five, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, and then, and then it peaks again when your kids are like four, five, six, seven, and eight. It's a, it's a funny time of the year. It's, um, you know, they say it's a season of of glad tidings. I mean, I don't even know what a tiding is. Like, it's like a season of glad tidings. Uh, but Christmas has this, this thing about it that somehow opens up our hearts and, and 
we become a little bit vulnerable at Christmas time. And sometimes it's, I don't know, it's the combination of it's an important occasion and we think about people that aren't with us anymore. And for some, there's, there's loneliness, a deep loneliness. For some, there's a deep sadness at a time when, you know, people are like talking about joy. It can be a time when many people just, as they stop, they, they can become aware of their their perceived failings as a, as a parent or um, in terms of some of their relationships. And it, it can be a bit of a funny time. You, you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's a time of, of, of a lot of good things, but it can be quite a vulnerable time. And for many people, it, um, they, they can have this awareness that things aren't quite right with my soul. You know, the Christmas cards, the shouting joy and the the music and farmers is all talking about joy and and um, but for some people there's this uneasiness within that joy is just like it's a little bit evasive I just can't seem to grab a hold of it and and people have questions you know is this is this all there is you know work hard to earn money and then work hard buying presents and then work hard making food and But I'll tell you this, for those that know whose birthday it is at Christmas time, they lean in with thankfulness. They lean in and they find peace and they lean in with hope. They lean into hope. Even those that at Christmas time, and it may be you, lean in in tough times and find rest for their soul in the, in the giver of hope. And that's good news for a weary world. That's good news for a weary world. So friends, my invitation to you is put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. The psalmist said this, the Lord delights in those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Don't put your hope in things that are uncertain. Your work, your your money, your horses, you know. Put your hope in God who will never leave you or forsake you, who will, who will freely forgive you your, the things that you've done wrong, give you a clean start, and give you confidence of a life that never ends. Let me finish with this. These scriptures will go up on the um, screen there. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And again, I'm going to pray this prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.